0: Well, hi everyone. Welcome to Caterpillar's Beyond the Iron podcast. I'm your host, Rusty Dunn, and normally as we introduce you to interesting and fascinating people, the person that you are going to meet today, normally being one of the few female operators of heavy equipment, Caterpillar equipment, and I'm talking about the 797 mining truck, motor graders, the D11 dozer, water trucks, that, that turns out to be the least interesting thing that you're going to learn about this person, Kathy Takaro, who we are really honored to have sitting with us today. And she's here visiting Caterpillar, um, watching how some of the machines get put together, um, talking to people. And it is really a story of not just about operating cat equipment. As I say, that's the least of things. It's a, it's a story of, in some ways, I think, Kathy's survival overcoming extreme challenges in, in life. But Kathy, I want to welcome you to the podcast. It is great to have you here at Caterpillar.
1: Thank you very much for having me here, Rusty. By the way, I got to say before we even get started, I love the name Beyond the Iron. Wow. That is so
0: And that's what we do here. Thank, <laughs> good, thank you. Good. Thank you. That's And that's what we, we love to do here. Um, And, and your story is one, and, and again, we're... I should probably put out a disclaimer that you know we may hit some topics or stories or details that could make people uncomfortable and, and that's okay, but that's the disclaimer that we want people to know because um, how you got here is is an amazing story and we'll get into um, some of the details of that. But let's start back here, just a mere and you've been what well, you've been a heavy equipment operator. you've been working on the oil sands. you're from Quebec, Canada originally. And you're, you've you been operating uh, Caterpillar equipment for about nine years yes. now, yes? Um, but just 11 years ago, if I have the detail right, y- you were homeless. You were an addict. You were a, a, a drunken essence, yes? And that's just a mere 11 years ago. So let's start there. Because before that, you were a professional, a nurse, as a matter of fact. But go back. I know that's a lot to go back to. That's a lot. But that's, but that's ultimately what, what is going to get you um, where you are today. So start with, with that and what was happening in your life a, a dozen years ago or before.
1: I'll start with beyond the iron because there's a lot more to iron than meets the eye. <laughs> yeah, a- yeah there's absolutely. There's a lot more to the operators that are behind that iron that meets the eye. Um, no one taking a look at me would ever think in a million years that I look like a heavy equipment operator because I don't. And I love that. Um, I've been operating, I've had been blessed to operate the equipment um, for ExxonMobil or Imperial up in northern Canada for the last, it'll be 10 years in ne- next May. And it has been a game-changing, life-altering position. And it's been by far the best thing that's one of the, one of the best things that's ever happened to me was to, to learn how to operate heavy equipment. And ladies who are listening, we'll get out to that later. <laughs> we're right. we're going to talk that's about right. that. That's ab- absolutely right. Beyond that, before that, um, l- like you said, yes, I was uh, drunk and homeless uh, in 2011, it was. And I was standing beside a man named Toothless Joe. And he, I yeah, was—I'd been homeless for seven days. I had lost—I was a nurse for thirteen years prior to Toothless Joe, and people often wonder, well, how does a nurse end up homeless? How does that even happen? Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Right, right, <laughs> I'm right. educated. How does this happen? Because people have an opinion that you know, people that are homeless—they're they're all addicts. They got mental health problems, or like like you know, advanced mental health problems. And how does a nurse end up homeless? Well, I was wondering the same thing. So <laughs> but I realized it was because I had decades, and I'm going to say that again, decades of repressed trauma and abuse that I had chosen to not look at or address at all. Um, things such as child sexual abuse, family violence, rape, gang rapes, lots of um, extreme uh, physical violence with my spouse, you know, uh, being strangled three times to the point of losing consciousness, all, all sorts. The list goes on. So you were right? raised
0: in an environment of, of, of trauma and anger yeah. and fear at, at all times throughout you your bet. young My life. My
1: very first uh, time I ran away, I was seven years old and I ran into the doghouse, <laughs> but it was from that moment on it, um, is where I would find... The only peace and love that I could find, because in my house it was so awful, that the only love I was getting was from the dog, right? And it was my safe, my, it was my safe place. So I, I kind of used that a lot over my life. I used, to, I spent once I learned how to run away then I started running and running and running rather than look turning and facing the storm. You know what I mean?
0: And then so. this manifested itself in a, in a very bad way as you, after, after you became a nurse and ultimately led to your downfall in that phase of your life. Yep. Yeah,
1: you bet. I, uh, I never drank at all. And my mom was an alcoholic and both my sisters had fallen into, you know, their own issues with drugs and stuff. And so I had kind of wanted to steer away from that. I was a model in New York and Miami and you know, when I was 18 and doing all sorts of stuff and, Um, but when the gang rape happened, when I was 19, it changed everything. And so I had a few suicide attempts and trying to get back on my feet was very difficult. So instead I threw myself into nursing. So that was one way of dealing with it. But the problem was, is, was that by not dealing with it, (laughs) I made things worse. Mm -hmm. And for anybody that's struggling out there, it, it is... Um, by far better to actually address your issues rather than not because the road is a it it can lead to a dark place like I did I mean I was 42 when I lost my nursing career so losing that being drunk on the street standing beside Toothless Joe it's devastating how do you how do you pick up how do you start over
0: and so was there that that there was a bit of that moment of clarity with Toothless Joe when it hit you that I'm at I'm at rock bottom here. Um, I, <laughs> no, I, th- I was
1: at the root cellar of rock you bottom. Were the, you were
0: in You were the sub-basement <laughs> of I rock like bottom. I was, way down there. <laughs> but, but cover that period between that moment then and, and then getting to where you become a, a Caterpillar a, a equipment operator. I mean, so what happened after you've had that moment of, of clarity that I have I have to do something?
1: You know, um, I knew there's always more to me than meets the eye, that there's something inside me, like a fire that burns, and I just couldn't find where it was. So I knew something had to change, and that started immediately by getting away from Toothless Joe, Mm -hmm. So, and I knew I had to quit drinking, so I sobered up. I went to a women's program where we lived there for a year, and I had to unlearn decades of trauma, I had to relearn who Kathy was, and then I had to accept how freaking awesome I am, right, yep, right. In, in a good way, not an egotistical way. And in, in, I had to learn to to see myself in a different light. I had to, to re, re-nurture my self-esteem because I was so broken. I couldn't even comb my hair, I was such a mess. So how do you do, how do you change? Well, change takes time. And I knew I couldn't go back to nursing. So at 42, mm-hmm. how, what do I do? So yeah, I went- How do
0: you start over?
1: I don't know what I liked, don't know what I didn't like. So I, so I went to a career planning workshop to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up mm-hmm. <laughs> at 42. Right. At 42 years <laughs> old,
0: yeah, no problem. And
1: three days of aptitude test, personality test, the lady hands me my sheet back and it said, heavy equipment operator, in big block letters, like on the top of the sheet. I laughed now, so- Now you hard. had never, of course, no! just for the
0: record, you had never touched a, a piece no, of equipment. No, never. never looked at it. Like it
1: in my mind, I was sure it's a man's job, right? And I look at that, I laughed so hard, I almost <laughs> fell off what my chair. What did that person
0: say to you? I mean, where were Where were the, I mean, how did they How did they determine, based on that, you could do this? I don't this.
1: know. It was. A, I had to answer all these questions, aptitudes. It was a three-day event. So when she gave me the sheet back, I, I I was laughing. I'm like, your your test is wrong. I said, there's no way. I said, I'm 42. I'm a woman. I don't even like equipment. I said, I'm not mechanically inclined, and it's a man's job. There was a guy that was next to me, and I said, the, the test is probably his. Well, she pushed it back to me, put one hand on her hip, and she said, if only you'd believe in yourself a little bit missy, you'd mm-hmm. see the test is right. So thanks to her, she sent me to a nonprofit organization in Canada that's called Women Building Futures. It's companies that sponsor... Um, women to get into the non-traditional trades, electrician, plumbing, carpentry, you know, heavy equipment. And the day I walk in was the day that, had I gone the day before I'd have missed it. So that particular day was ExxonMobil, biggest oil and gas company, which is Imperial in Canada, um, was there sponsoring 16 women to take a 12 week course. And I had to jump through a lot of hoops, but there's 158 women that applied or some 160, whatever. And they were picking 16, and I got picked. And out of the 16, I mean, I did my 12-week course. Uh, they hired 11 women, and I got hired. I was the third woman on site. Uh, it was a new site. And it was absolutely phenomenal. It This wow. job has changed my life. And
0: In one of the toughest working oh, yeah. environments in the, in the world, and, again, being one of the few female operators mm-hmm. um, working in that environment, what was your initial experience like in, in adjusting to... <laughs> I mean, it's two and it's two weeks on, two weeks off. Yeah. In, in your in your there. It was
1: there. number one when I first arrived to site because we train on small trucks and they tell you you're going to drive a big truck, but you don't really know what the big truck is like. So arriving on site, I'm looking up at this monster. Now, okay, for for the listeners, those who don't know what a seven nine seven is, you have fourteen foot tr- tires the it's two and a half stories up to the it's cab a two story house almost yeah I mean, it really, is. yeah know. it's 30 308 not not yeah, square feet the when the box is up it's five stories high I drive a building I literally mm-hmm. you can you can have a party <laughs> on the deck there's like 30 people there's room there's just this thing is a house it's massive and as per one of the engineers from Decatur when I went there a few years ago he told me you can fit two million hockey pucks in the back <laughs> That great, great stat
0: I've not I've not heard that before that's that's, a, yeah, that's, that's from, new one, uh, on that's one good. of the engineers <laughs> that's, good. that's good that's good
1: so yeah so learning to drive this thing and um, learning to operate um, over the years different p- equipment it's what it's done for me it's given me a backbone it's given me um, believing in myself again, giving me a voice, it's giving me leadership and it, it, I can believe in myself and know that, my God, did you see what I just did? Look at that.
0: <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it becomes also a discussion about, yes, mental health in general, but mental health in the workplace and mm-hmm. not just for you as an individual, but I know you've talked about the people you work with, the men you work with. Everyone has something yeah. They m- may be going through, a- and I sense that you saw an opportunity. Yeah, you're sharing your story, you're dealing with your things, but y- you have that realization. These guys are in in the same boat in some ways.
1: Yes, absolutely. And the reason that realization came about was because on my days off um, from work, it's a long time for a recovering alcoholic, and um, to sit there doing nothing, and I didn't want to waste time just watching TV. So I started giving back to the community. I started going to that women's program. I started going to juvenile home, schools. I mean, I even go, go to prisons, like whatever, whoever needs it the most. And just talking about, you know, change and self-esteem and just all sorts of stuff. And I I wrote it in, in a book. And the book is called Dream Big with a picture of the 797 in the front, me standing it's in front. It's a great
0: picture, yeah. <laughs> and we will, we will have a link to the book yeah. to Th- our listeners. That picture, Absolutely. by the way,
1: was taken uh, my first day on site. I had never been on there. Really? I hadn't even been on the truck yet and i was crying because i was thinking of tears of joy but i was crying because i was thinking of toothless joe of how far i had come in the two years since my homeless moment that oh my god i'm standing beside this mammoth of a house that homeless
0: gentleman was the one you were thinking about
1: that's what i was thinking about in that moment and the picture was taken with a blackberry phone it was like really good from the trainer yeah but anyway so when i wrote the book i realized I went in front of my coworkers because I realized, oh my god, they're going to know. Because people at work tend to keep their secrets mm-hmm. at home. What happens at home stays at they're, home. Yeah, they, right? they're putting on a
0: facade, the, a, a yes. mask, right. right?
1: You can't show your coworkers cuz number 1 you're worried about getting fired. You know how how are, how are my coworkers going to d- know that, you know, I'm having struggles because you always want to pretend that you live behind a white picket fence. Yeah. Right? Nobody lives behind a white picket fence just putting that out there. Yeah. Um so when I looked at my big tough guys like these guys have got tattoos and you know they work out these big muscles and they've been mm-hmm. operating equipment forever and you know they're just the hard-working guys
0: right they're just they're just yeah. rough they're and, that's they do so what they do to, yep. so yep.
1: to for me to approach they all they knew about me was that Kathy's a nurse and she's happy and you know she's good so when my book was coming out I'm like oh my god these guys are gonna know my co-workers are gonna know everything about me and it stopped me like it just like oh my, like it was horrible like it just the, the anxiety i felt but but you had but to take them, I said, you had to tell them yeah I, f- I figured you know what wait a minute these guys have don't tell me these guys don't have problems too so what i did is i went in front of my my, my the whole crew 170 people and i put my book cover up and i said you see that book it has nothing to do with mine <laughs> it has nothing to do with the truck that's just the you know to the image Um, I I, I told him from me, I want you to hear it from me, that it's not third-party gossip, but you're not gonna hear it in the lunch shack. Um, This is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened. I'm not asking you to read the book. What I'm asking you is to buy the book and pay it forward to someone who is hurting, someone who has either had suicide attempts, someone who's been sexually abused, someone who has domestic violence, whatever, depression, anxiety. This book will help everyone that is struggling. One sentence can save a life. So I, I like I said to my coworkers, just pay it forward. Well, because I did that, Rusty it changed the 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 energy in the room so that now people instead of talking about the weather and what they're doing on days off they're talking they're having real heart-to-heart conversations not just with me but amidst each other because i opened the door yeah. to be vulnerable that Tr- it's okay well
0: right because people want to at the end of the day you just want to connect with someone yeah. right and and but there has to be some trust there yeah. and that what it, what you've helped them lead them to let me ask you about this kathy i mean i I have to assume you still have bad days. I assume that, and I don't know. Given the, the the trauma and the things that you endured in your earlier life growing up, there could be PTSD, perhaps post traumatic mm-hmm. uh, um, experiences. There has that manifested it, itself um, a, a, when you were working, perhaps in in the oil sands.
1: Actually. I'm glad you brought that up because yes, it did, and I know for a fact that it's happened to a few of my uh, my coworkers as well. But I'll share my story. The very yeah. first month I was in there, my, se- my self esteem was really shaky, very shaky from decades of being, you know, physically and verbally and mentally abused. And you're just new to this world. And I'm so new to, you're to, to this thing, to and I'm on this giant truck, and you know, i yeah. like, oh, you know, you, you whatever. So I'm going through this this intersection. And I think I'm doing pretty good. You're in a truck. You're in a 797. I, I, I'm in a 797. Okay. I'm in a house, right, in the All building. Right. And I'm driving this thing along and I have to go through this intersection and so I had to call ahead for security because it's it's a big truck. And so security's blocking the road and there's lineups of pickups that are on both sides. It's a beautiful day. People are getting out, they're having a smoke, they're watching the truck. The sound alone of these trucks is remarkable. So I'm coming along and at the worst possible moment I get a complete blackout. I don't see the road. I don't even know I'm holding up the, the, the steering wheel. And I'm, in, I'm, I'm approaching this intersection. And I can't see the steering wheel because I had a series of flashbacks of the most uh, horrific, humiliating, degrading moments of my life. That does not go away. But I've learned to deal with it. So these moments show up. And I could see as them as the truck
0: is, mo- as as the the truck truck is
1: moving. moving. As I'm going through the intersection, and I could hear the voices of the these the, of these past abusers yelling at me and calling me these horrible names. And so I got a combination of both. It was like a whirlwind going on in the truck. It, it hit me so hard it took the, the the air out of my lungs, and I can't breathe. And I'm hyperventilating. And I'm I'm in the middle of the intersection. <laughs> so what do I do? I took my power back. I'm like, oh heck no. This, I said, my past does not define my future. I said that physically out loud. I rolled down the window, I imagined, I threw everything out the window, but it like, so the negativity got it out of the truck, but I, I was left with this, this gaping hole inside. And even in, in any type of recovery, when you get rid of a negative, you got to replace with a positive. And I, of course there's people on both sides of the truck. It looked like a parade. So the, I did the only thing that was instinctive. I did the queen wave, right? <laughs>
0: Out of everything that could have happened, you <laughs> Out decided i just do the queen I wave. I did the queen wave and I'm,
1: I started blowing kisses and I said, yes, it's Kathy. Oh, hi, you showed up. Thank you. Right? They don't know who's in the cab. It's so big. It's so high, You're but right. they did see the queen wave, right? People are waving back. <laughs> it
0: was so... But that was a moment, it, it worked for you in that moment.
1: <laughs> it did because what it did, it, I empowered myself because I realized in that moment that who is driving this truck? All those people that said all these, that brainwashed me, trying to, saying all these awful things about me, who is driving this truck? I am. I'm the one that fought to get there. I'm the one that did the work. Not them. I am. And that has changed everything for me, is that I'm able to empower myself to recognize that I work hard and that I That I'm awesome, and that I'm I'm determined, I'm I'm motivated, I'm goal-oriented, and that I had to change the story I was telling myself.
0: Let me ask you this: Do you still have a a pull once in a while, or an uh, an urge that maybe I can take a drink? I have an urge to absolutely,
1: absolutely. That never goes away. I have ten years sober.
0: Something you just fight. You fight all your life.
1: You know what? It's it's learning to self-talk your way through it. I mean, you you have tools with 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 meetings and 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 people and people you need to, who you're surrounding yourself with. Are you surrounding yourself with people that drink? Are you surrounding with people that are toxic? Or Are you going to surround yourself with people that are goal oriented, like I am, that are you know the 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 takers, the the, the the trailblazers. Um, when I go to Vegas, I'll give you an example. That is when I have the most time, the the inclination. Oh, I could have a drink here. I'm like, Kathy, no, you cannot.
0: In Las Vegas, I can't right? imagine. Like, I know. Go figure. Go figure. <laughs> right. Go figure. But
1: no, the reason I don't also is because my very best friend, and uh, we went to that women's center years ago, her and I, uh, she had eight and a half years clean and sober, and she relapsed last year when COVID hit. And out of all the people in the world that relapsed, I would have never in a million years thought it, it would be her. And she was traveling the world, on working with with Salvation Army on human trafficking, like doing all this stuff. Like you would have never. It was all
0: going right, in the right direction.
1: And she relapsed and she didn't get the help. There were signs she didn't follow through with it. And she ended up dying in my house last year from uh, overdose and heart failure and all these things. And so that's my reality check is that it can happen in the blink of an eye and of all people, you know, you know, so I'm very, very careful on watching myself, you know.
0: And it's obviously, I mean, this is beyond a, a career. It's a calling for you to get out to connect with as many people as you can and encourage them. And we've been honored to have you here. I think you were at a Women in Leadership conference mm-hmm. that Caterpillar had some yep. uh, several years ago. You do, among other things, workshops for young women, girls, mm-hmm. uh, in terms. And I think you're going to do one later today I as am. we record this, which is which is awesome. Um, but I hear I've heard you reference, you know, everyone has a, a has a mask sometimes on, and I can't imagine how hard it would be for for teenage girls, for instance. And I don't know what age group you're going to be mm-hmm. talking with them. But what sort of your one of your capstone messages to them to to girls
1: number one is have a voice because i never did i never um, press charges on anybody that attacked me never 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 so all these people keep on going to hurting other people so have that voice speak up Um, learn your boundaries right Uh, learn your be strong believe in who you are like love yourself that's the biggest thing self-esteem is a big thing and the reason i do this mask workshop is i brought, normally I have them uh, decorate their own masks beautifully on the outside. And um, it's nice because that's what we portray to the world, mm-hmm. right? How do you want them? and especially these young girls between 14 and 18 is my age group. Well, they, they, they're so vulnerable and there's, so, oh my God. So what are, you put, what are you portraying to the world? But on the inside of the mask, what I have them do is write how they really feel about themselves. And then um, when we read off just a few, you know, randomly if they have the courage to say something, Well, what I do is I I want them to cross that out and change the story they're telling themselves, right? Learn to so that they can empower themselves because I can't do it for them. They have to learn to say, wait a minute, no, I, I got this. I am good and I have these qualities and these qualities because it's too easy to focus on the negative. And at that age, they all want to be super skinny and I'm like, I'm I'm not pretty enough. And I'm not the whole social
0: media thing, which is is. a a whole separate issue, but yeah, (laughs) I mean, the the immense pressure at all times, for sure.
1: So to be comfortable with who you are, whatever, however you look like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a supermodel, right? So learning to change the story they're, they're telling themselves is the bottom line. And this, these little mask things that I do um, is 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 a real key. But this time I kind of cheated. I, I found these beautifully made ones uh, in some store on the way here, and I had yeah. to buy them. So I I got yeah. them a treat. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's great. So you've got so um you've got all of these things happening um in your life, and it's so important to you, obviously to. Impact others, share your story. Please tell me you're not going. You're going to continue to be a heavy equipment, equi- <laughs> heavy equipment Caterpillar operator for a long time to come. Because it strikes me, Kathy, that you you use your work environment to analyze life. I think I've heard you say something to that effect, which is an int- interesting, given what your job is. But that's a, and I think depending on what our jobs are and how much time we have a lot of us maybe do that but not to the extent that you have
1: though. well you're right i do i do um whether i'm going to be a heavy equipment operator for many years i'm not sure i gotta i think my life is going on a different trajectory it, it's, right now it's starting to that's right you know?
0: but but it's but, what sort of was, yeah boy what a key moment the, in your the thing
1: life, is though. is that i spend so much time in that sandbox a <laughs> giant sandbox yeah. which is an open yeah. pit mine. Yeah. Um, operating this equipment that you have to learn to see life from different lenses. What do, what can I apply um, to my own personal life? Like momentum versus torque. And I love talking about this Mm. because people, especially in this day and age, everything is so fast. So fast, so people are just giving her right, and you're going full full throttle through life, and you're you're going going going. You hit her, you hit a soft spot in life. You hit a rough spot, and whatever, maybe it's divorce or health issues or or financial problems. You're gonna stop dead in your tracks, even though you got momentum. You don't have the power behind it, like internally, to go through those rough spots. There's no
0: torque. There's no torque.
1: So if you have the torque without the momentum, you just kind of, kind of like the turtle and the rabbit, (laughs) right? That's right, we know how that story ends, that's right. right? So you just, you have that torque and and you're plowing through that mud, those difficult times. Well, you're gonna make it to the other side. It might take a little longer, but you're gonna make it. You're not gonna get stuck. So my whole theme is find your torque. Find what makes you move. Find what makes you get up in the morning. Find your drive, your inner fire, because without that, you're stuck in the mud. You're not going to go anywhere. And no, the thing is, no one's going to do it for you. You are responsible for you. So don't get me wrong. When I, I have some really rough days, well, I don't just lay there for three days at a time. I, I acknowledge I'm having a rough day. And maybe
0: you feel sorry for yourself for a minute or so, but you've got it. You're right. It's up to you.
1: Then I eat chocolate. Then I, then it's up to well, me. <laughs>
0: whatever works for you. Everybody has their own process. Yeah, but then
1: that's the whole thing. Then you, you got to keep moving. You have to find that your inner drive and so my my whole um for anyone listening out here what's your torque that's my challenge to you find your torque
0: (laughs) you are someone who do you ever have moments where you you, I mean you with what you've experienced in your life and early life you could have quit you could have laid down you could have just not gotten up forever you have moments where I'm really I I am proud of Myself, I mean that sort of that self talk is it, sometimes unbelievable to you. That here's where I've been able to get to, um, compared you know, to where I was.
1: Um, I don't usually. I, I'm such a trailblazer that I don't really pay attention to what I do until Facebook shows you what you did five years ago, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then yeah. all of a sudden, wait a couple of years, right? it'll show up. Yeah. Tell and then, you. Then yeah. I
1: stop. Actually, so what I did. What this has just happened recently. I'm glad you brought that up. So. 5 years ago is when I wrote my book and that's when the book launch was and Everything came out. So then I started listing what I've done in five years. My book is in five languages. I wrote a children's book. I wrote, which is in five languages. I wrote. I have a workbook, the Dream Big Workbook, accompanies the book. So I release chapter per chapter every four or five months. I've released six chapters already. Now I'm working on chapter seven. I have twenty-five chapters of a third book coming. I have a course, an online course, that I've just started um, with for now because now I have a new brand. It's called Designer Minor um so i'm working on the seven keys to designing your life after trauma so, so when I look at everything that I do, and, oh, and by the way, uh, I travel the world and I work with women and youth and prison. I, I go to prisons. I go to juvenile homes. I do charity. I bring school supplies. I bring toiletries. I create events. And I do, I usually do these events in other countries for free because people don't have the finances. That's and right, it's not right. about money. Uh, it, it's about creating that, planting that seed, creating that ripple effect in someone's life, in some communities. And the, it that change, that if I can inspire that one person to change, I mean, if you use myself as an example, I changed. My mom quit drinking. My sisters are, are clean and sober. My daughter is fine. All my friends, everybody, like it's that ripple effect. Yeah. So,
0: you know, Kathy, not to give anything away, your life could be a movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, well. Dream Big is the book. I, I get that. But really, you, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. And perhaps sometime down the line, well, we could see that from the screen to inspire others.
1: That's my ultimate goal because I moved to LA uh, in December. And my book is currently in the third draft of a screenplay. And so now it's just learning to uh, lining up um, the the, the players that I need to get this movie actually into production. I mean, there's a lot of it's a process. It's not like you think it is. So it's a process. But you know what? It's a step. I had to move there. I had to, you know make those steps because if i just sit at home in northern alberta how am i going to make that happen no and so it was risky i own a nice beautiful home in alberta right it's comfortable in la i'm living in a garage it's turned into a studio but this goes
0: to what you said earlier about overcoming fear Mm -hmm. overcoming anxiety overcoming the the self-talk that would say no no kathy don't don't try this don't do this you've you've
1: Exactly. Or I'm 53. Right. What are you thinking? Going, moving into to L.A. with three <laughs> suitcases? You have right. a beautiful home. But you know what? If time is precious, anything can happen at any given day. And if I don't, my my dream is to inspire the world, millions, that they too can change. That it doesn't matter their circumstances. They, they got to change the story that they're, they're telling themselves. They they can do anything they want to be. But how am I going to do that? Um, from the open-pit mine. I have to make it visual. I have to make it public. So that's what I moved to LA. Yes, I live in a dingy little studio. Do I care? No, I don't. Because it's not about where I live. It's not about the house that I live in. It's about what I'm doing, sitting on that computer and the phone calls that I'm making and saying, hey, let's do this, this, this. Um, Yeah, that's what, that's a step and a step and a step.
0: I'm willing to make a bet that you're probably one of the most interesting heavy equipment Caterpillar operators uh, in the world <laughs> right now. I would challenge anyone to be bring their story forward because yours is is so compelling, but, um, Kathy, it, what an honor to spend some time with us and share your story. And, and I can't wait to see where the story goes next, uh, but, but we appreciate the reminders about the things that are truly important. Uh, you've said it repeatedly, patience. With each other, kindness, love, empathy, listening to each other. And Mm -hmm. those seem like simple things, simple concepts, but to actually do them and tell others it's okay to do them, that means a lot. So thank you for doing what you do. We can't wait to see where all this goes next for you.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, just, you know, for anybody who's really kind of in between careers or not sure what they want to do, please, please, please do not seclude a career in the non-traditional trades keep your mind open your options open for women out there get on the equipment it is so much fun yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. i tell you it's I, i'm positive it's men's best kept secret it, it is and it, you're
0: doing important work you'll you'll always, it is it is doing fun but it's important work. work.
1: yeah you'll always have a job it pays well yeah. it does wonders for your self-esteem and it's challenging and, okay, did I say it's fun? <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. That's half the battle. If you, yeah. Right. What's that old saying? Yeah. I mean, find something that you love to do or it's fun and yeah. do that for the rest of your life and That's you'll never right. work a, a day <laughs> for the rest of the time. So thank yeah. you so much, Kathy. We appreciate you being here. And to all of our listeners with Caterpillars Beyond the Iron Podcast, we love that um, you're catching all of these episodes and more interesting episodes to come, although I'm, it's going to be hard to top this one, I think, <laughs> Kathy, but we'll, we'll try. So... For now, I'm Rusty Dunn. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe in everything you do. Have a great day. Talk soon.